Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend. Welcome back to The Conversation. Today, I want to share five ideas that will expand your conscious awareness, expand your mind. And while at first glance, these may not seem revelatory or earth-shattering, they will make a profound difference in your life. And there is also incremental gain over time. So it's not just when you first begin the practice, but as you continue the practice, these little practices, you're going to experience a significant difference. The first practice is to intentionally begin and end your day. My friend Jennifer Durakis, she's an acting coach and actress, she actually uses this term, bookending your day, and I'm going to steal it. I used to say intentionally start and end your day, but bookending your day sounds a little bit more fun. What this looks like is to intentionally spend 18 minutes in the morning and 18 minutes at night first starting your day with a strategy, with a, with a pattern of behavior, with some techniques, and I'll, get in, I'll get, and I'll get into what you might do in a moment, but also intentionally spending 18 minutes winding down at the end of your day. Now, first, why 18 minutes? Well, if you were just to do one practice, one practice of anything, 18 minutes a day over the course of a year, you would have spent 100 hours invested in that activity. And so 18 minutes in the morning, 18 minutes at night is 200 hours of intentional practice over the course of a year. Now, there's been a lot of talk about a morning routine out in the marketplace, and there's actually a book called The Miracle Morning, which talks all about the value of putting in place a morning routine, something you consistently do every day, in order to start the day on the right foot. Now, I'm not going to go into the specific practices. If you're interested in creating a morning routine, I suggest you check out Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning. You can actually, I would look for it on YouTube. There's lots of different speakers, lots of different teachers that are talking about a morning routine. Now, I don't necessarily like a specific morning routine for me, and I think you're more than welcome to adapt something that works for you, that is personalized for you. But I can share what I do. The first thing I do is in my mind, I've made the association that as I step out of bed and place my feet on the floor, a question pops through my head. I wonder how amazing today's going to be. I wonder how amazing today's going to be. Now, there's a couple ways to make this a habit, but first I want to talk about why I say it the way I do. I wonder how amazing today's going to be. I don't ask myself, I wonder if today is going to be amazing. I also don't give myself command saying today is going to be an amazing day. And I choose my words carefully because of this. If I give myself a command, immediately there's a part of our brain that polarizes because there's no evidence, there's no proof. Now, you can say, I'm going to make today an amazing day because then that gives you agency. 
But if you say today is going to be an amazing day, a part of your brain, there's a little voice inside that says BS. You're like, we don't know if it's going to be. And the moment it goes awry, then you're off the plane, off the track. The reason I say I wonder how amazing today's going to be, I say it that way because it's hypnotic in nature. First, when I say I wonder, it activates my other than conscious mind to go on a quest, to begin searching my environment for the answer. The other is the word how. Now, how is a process word. When I say how, it's a matter of degree. So it's not a binary response, either an amazing day or not an amazing day. But when I say how amazing, it can be a little amazing or it can be over the top amazing. And so how is a process word. It's a matter of degree. I often use that word when working with clients, when I want to induce trance. So it's not a question of whether or not you'll go into trance. The question is, is how deep into trance will you go? It's not a question whether or not you'll have fun participating. How much fun will you have? And let's pretend you're driving a car. And it's not whether or not you can drive safely. The question is, is how safely can you drive? So that's the wording. I wonder how amazing today is going to be. And then my mind goes off on a search, searching, and I'll make things up. I will make things up in order to make it an amazing day. Now, how I program this to be an association the moment I step on the floor is I've practiced. I practice in my mind's eye, and I've actually physically practiced. Those are the two ways. Now, you can visualize in your mind's eye the moment you get up and you turn your body to step off on out of the bed onto the floor, and the moment your feet hit the floor, you can imagine in your head that the question pops in your head. I wonder how amazing today is going to be. And you say it congruently with a sense of excitement. Or you can actually physically be in bed, practice before you go to bed and just say tomorrow when I get up and my feet hit the floor and then you roll out of bed and put your feet on the floor and you feel you have that awareness of your foot touching the floor and then the question popping in your head, I wonder how amazing today is going to be. And you practice it over the top. I wonder how amazing today is going to be. And you say it in a way that really gets the juices going. And then you do that half a dozen times. And you should be good. But one way to test whether or not it took is to imagine yourself waking up tomorrow morning and doing that. Rolling out of bed, your feet touching the floor. What is the question that pops in your mind? If it's automatic, if it feels like it's right there, then you've actually programmed your mind. If it still feels a little elusive then practice a few more times, either in your mind's eye visualizing or actually physically doing it, going through the process. The next thing you can do as part of your morning routine is take a nice deep breath. Take a nice deep breath and hold it for as long as you can until it becomes a little uncomfortable. Then slowly begin to exhale and exhale twice as long as you did inhaling that breath. Make it nice in long as you exhale and then do it again. Take in a nice deep breath, hold it for as long as you can until it's a little uncomfortable, not 
extremely, just a little, and then slowly exhale. You see, that long exhalation actually slows your heart down, slows down your autonomic nervous system. As you breathe in, there's a certain amount of stress to your system, helps you wake up. How many breaths do you take? I suggest at least three, no more than five. But if you do three and you take eight counts to exhale and you're breathing in and holding it for just a little bit, it ends up being about 30 to 40 seconds of slowing down your breath, consciously breathing. And that's enough to begin to shift your state into a positive expectation for the day. The next thing I do is I make my way to the kitchen and I drink 32 ounces of water, between 24 and 32 ounces of water. Now, I like to drink the whole thing at once, but you can kind of space it out if you haven't really created a relationship with water. Now, your entire body's made of water, and when you begin priming the pump, you begin flushing the system. You begin actually invigorating your body telling your body it's about to embark on an epic adventure. Now you do this before you drink your coffee. If you drink coffee or tea. The next thing I do is I do my formal meditation, where I actually sit in a chair and I don't do the lotus position. I just sit in my easy chair and I go somewhere else. I close my eyes and I go to another realm. Now, often the question is, is how long do I meditate? Now, over the years, I've taught over 2,000 people to meditate. And there is a lot of uh, guilt around, I don't meditate enough. Well, all I would like you to do is set the bar in about 10 minutes. You can allot yourself 18 minutes if you feel so inspired. But have the intention to meditate, at least go through the motions of meditating for at least 10 minutes. And if you're relatively new to meditation and 10 minutes seems like a long time, then make it easy on yourself. Set the bar at five minutes. Be intentional for five minutes. Go through the motions of controlling your breath. And when your mind strays, bringing it back to your breath, just focus on getting through the first five minutes. And again, you can allot yourself, you know, give yourself the space to go 18 minutes if you want, if you're so inspired. But if you at least make it to five minutes, then it's a win. And we want to win or make it easy for ourselves to win early on in the day. The more you do it, the better you get, the easier it is on your system, easier it is on your mind, because you're actually training your mind on how to respond as you sit down to meditate. Today, it's easy for me to sit down and meditate for an hour. If my mind's really busy, sometimes I give myself 30 minutes. And sometimes, you know, 10 minutes is enough if my mind's really racing or I I don't feel as if I have a lot of time. But I've also meditated for as long as three hours. Now, I get up fairly early compared to the rest of the world. So spending three hours meditating is an indulgence that I can uh, allow myself from time to time. And then for me, the the thing that really works is for me to exercise first thing in the morning. I usually drink coffee and then I make my way to the gym. So that's the start of my day. And again, we want a routine at the end of the day. We just don't want to crash and burn at the end of the day and kind of stumble our way into bed. Ideally, you have a routine. And so it actually prepares your mind, prepares your body for slumber to renew its spirit. And I actually have something I say just before I fall asleep. 
There's a little prayer that I say, preparing my mind, that now's the time for rest and renewal. I don't necessarily go through it consciously. I just have done it so many times that as my head hits the pillow, I trigger the response. And typically, I'm out within six to 10 seconds after my head hits the pillow. In fact, it kind of irritates my wife sometimes if she wants to talk just before we go to bed. She knows she has to catch me before my head hits the pillow. Now, I promise I will go in more depth in a future episode on bookending the day and some different things you can do in the morning. But like I said, if you want to create a morning routine, you can look it up on YouTube, just morning routine, and there's lots of different possibilities. And I don't know about the bedtime routine, but I'm sure you can come up with something that works for you. And I'm I'm only cutting it short here because I want to talk about four other things we can do to expand our awareness, expand our presence, our experience of life as we go about our day-to-day. The next thing, the second thing that I'd like to throw out there for you is to actually get up 15 minutes earlier, 15 minutes to 30 minutes earlier than you have to. Now, it's possible you already do this, but if you get up just in time where there's just enough time to get into the shower and get yourself something to eat, a cup of coffee or something, then you're out the door or get the kids out the door, then I suggest you invest in getting up 15 to 30 minutes earlier for just you time. And this could be just so you can invest in the the morning routine for yourself spend some time in silence, some time reflecting. But the the psychological effect of getting up, choosing to get up 15 to 30 minutes earlier is the difference between choosing your life and having to participate in your life. See, I like the idea of creating more choice. In fact, start looking. If you have this dialogue in your head that I have to do this, I have to go to work, or I have to go work out, or I, I have, like, I choose to work out. I get to work out. I get to have a job. I don't have to go. Like, you can always choose not to go. Now, there's circumstances and there's an impact to not showing up. But you have the choice. No one's holding a gun to your head. You are choosing to show up. You're creating this relationship with your job, with your your business, with working out, with your kids. I have to get up and get the kids going. I have the opportunity. I have the privilege of guiding my children into their day. Number three, begin the daily practice of learning one new word, at least one new word, one to three, one to five new words each and every day. How does this impact your mind? Well, we use words to think with. And what's interesting is as we learn one word, Typically, there are at least a half a dozen other words that are a constellation around that word. And now I have an app on my my phone, dictionary.com. And I also have the Oxford English Dictionary, which is about four inches thick and quite the large library edition of a dictionary. Now, the bigger dictionary is not a requirement. I think I invested like $300 into it uh, many, many years ago. But uh, I got it because I'm a lover of words. But you can get by with an app or just a, a pocket paperback dictionary. 
I suggest the Oxford English Dictionary because it really gives the background, the etymology of the word, the origin of the words, and it just offers a more expansive interpretation of the word. Because over the years, I really have fallen in love with words. Because having a greater vocabulary allows you to think in greater ways, new and expanded ways. And again, as you learn one new word, you typically associate six new words with that. So it's not just learning one word. And ideally, as you learn that word and you use it in a sentence, you actually put it into practice in your life. And of course, you're writing these down so you can keep track of the words that you're learning and reflect back on them at the end of the week. But you'll not only expand your thinking, but you'll actually expand your income. And then you'll find it a hobby that once you hear a word and you wonder, what is the origin of that word? What's the etymology of that word? And you start looking that up and you start associating, actually find out where these different words have come from, the different languages. As you incorporate these into your knowing, into your intellect, you actually expand your awareness of the world. Now, I don't know how many of you have taken the SAT, probably just here in the United States, but that is the Scholastic Aptitude Test. And a big indicator of your ability to pass that test or score well on it has to do with your vocabulary. Your vocabulary is a reflection of your intellect. Now, one thing about expanding your vocabulary is that you don't want to be snooty about it. There's lots of words that I could use that would, I don't know, confuse matters because they're not readily available. They're not readily used by other people. And so I tend to talk as best I can in terms where it's readily understood. And I have no need to impress you with my intellect. I know how smart I am. I'm a wise guy. Number four, daily feed your attitude. Listen to this podcast, listen to a YouTube video, listen to or read something, read something inspiring, read something that feeds your attitude, expands your mind, aligns your spirit, something that expands your thinking. Now, in the early days of computing, there was a term called GIGO, garbage in, garbage out. And so as we feed our attitude, we're putting positive aspects, positive feelings, positive thoughts in our head. There's going to be positive, optimistic possibility thinking that expands out. Now, I got this idea from Zig Ziglar from his book, See You at the Top. Zig was a sales trainer and motivational speaker, and he talked about feeding your attitude on a daily basis. Now, most of you at one time or another have taken a bath, and as you fill up the water, you notice as you step into the tub, as you place your body in the water, the water rises. There's a displacement, and that displacement is equal to the mass of your body as you insert it into the tub, into the water. Now, that displacement's important. The way Zig talked about it is imagine you have a pail, a bucket, and over the course of your life, by the time you're five, you probably have heard the word no about 60,000 times. And then over time, that number increases even more. You listen to the news, you listen to what's going on in the marketplace, you listen to other people complain. There's a lot of negativity that's being dumped in your bucket. And then if something positive happens to you along the way, 
It typically displaces it for a minute or two, but it is overwhelmed by the amount of negative information, negative vibes that are in your bucket. See, but when we feed our attitude on a regular basis, we're dumping more and more positivity in our pail, in our bucket, which displaces the negative. And if we do it on a consistent basis, if we're more intentional about the positive going in our pail, positive going into our bucket, and then displacing those negatives, you can actually envision the negativity flowing over the edges of the pail. Then when you have a pail over time that's mostly positive, mostly positivity, and if someone dumps a little negativity in your space, in your pail, doesn't... uh, change your perspective at all because it is overwhelmed by the positive input, the positive information and the positive programming that you put into your mind. Well, this brings us to number five, which is not the end of the possibilities, but it's the end of this list for this particular episode. I wanted to give you five ideas that you could put in practice right away that would make a profound difference on your experience of life. So number five actually comes from author and creative genius, Julia Cameron. She wrote a book called The Artist's Way, and it's all about cajoling the creative spirit that lies within you. And in her book and what she teaches is something called the artist date. So once a week, you want to have a date with yourself where you take yourself to a museum, you take yourself or you read a book, you turn off the TV, you spend some time in silence. You maybe put on an album or listen to music and you listen to it with deep listening. Deep listening is where you're completely present to the music really feeling the notes, feeling the vibrations, and taking the music and making it part of you. Now, you can also spend time out in nature. You can, I'd like to go to the museum from time to time, just by seeing what other people have created, sometimes hundreds of years ago, it inspires me. Other things you can do is go to the movies. You can take yourself out for a nice dinner, Take your spouse with you if you want. You can spend this with another, but ideally, it's just for you. My wife and I have an agreement for her special time is one night a week, typically the same night every week. She gets to be reclusive. She gets to go off into the bedroom. She can go take a nice long bath, watch some YouTube, watch the, watch a movie, read a book, write. She can do whatever she wants. And she likes to, you know, kind of sequester herself in the bedroom. I don't bother her and the kids know not to bother her. Now, oftentimes she'll send me a message to dial up room service and I'll take stuff up to her. But I just cater to her that night. And typically, I make dinner that night as well. Dinner and dishes, and she doesn't have to worry about anything going on in the rest of the world. Now, like I said earlier, I get up typically between 4 and 5 in the morning. So I spend that time before everybody else gets up just for me. I require a greater amount of silence. And so I get to sit by myself. I meditate. I sometimes I take in information, just, you know, feed my attitude. I'll sit with the cats for a little bit before I'm off to the gym. Sometimes when I'm working things out in my mind, I'll sit in contemplation and I'll look at a subject. I'll look at ideas from different perspectives. Uh, I find that really valuable. 
So this was five things that you can put in place, put in practice that will make a difference in your experience of life. Expand your conscious awareness. First thing was bookending your day, beginning it intentionally, ending it intentionally. Second is to get up 15 to 30 minutes earlier so you're living by choice, living from inner signals, not responding to outward obligations. Three, expand your vocabulary. Expanding your vocabulary expands your mind, expands your perception of the world, actually increases your earning power as well as your intellect. Four is feed your attitude. And five, once a week, feed your spirit. Feed your spirit in a way that is an interruption to the ordinary, the pull of the mundane. It actually, you actually set it aside as different, unique, just for you. Now, understand that was only five. I could have done a hundred. In fact, I'll probably write a book, a hundred things you can do to expand your awareness and expand your life. But today you only get five. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 